Hey friends, this is Austin Suter. Before we get to the podcast, I wanted to let you know about some of the articles we have going up on the website this week. I've got a piece that just went up about how we can avoid slandering those with whom we disagree. And then later this week, we're running what I think is probably the most emotionally taxing article we've ever posted about the racism experienced by a Latin American immigrant in her time here in the States. Check it out at uepray.com. Come on over to read, lament, and pray. Enjoy the episode. Grace and Peace, you're listening to United We Pray. Taking racial struggles to the throne of grace, United We Pray is a podcast devoted to prayer about racial strife, especially between Christians. We want to help Christians think better about race in ways that are biblical, beneficial, and clear. Friends, we want to be helpful and hopeful in our work. You can learn more about it at uwepray.com. That's U-W-E-P-R-A-Y.com, where you can find articles, old episodes, and more. My name is Austin Suter. I'm one of your co-hosts. I'm joined by Isaac Adams. How you doing, Isaac? Yeah, man, I've uh, been doing well overall. Uh, and before I open us in prayer, I just want to read some from Ephesians uh, and then hop into what we're going to be talking about as we talk about kind of our most fundamental identity on the importance of identity and idolatry of church unity. And we'll kind of weave over some, uh, through some themes there uh, as I ask you some questions. But let me just read from Ephesians 4, just a few verses, then I'll open us in prayer, all right? This is Ephesians 4, starting in verse 1. Paul writes, I therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to one hope that belongs to your call, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. Let me pray for us. Father, uh, we thank you uh, that you are indeed over all, uh, that your spirit is in all. Father, that your son reigns over all. Father, we pray that you would give us wisdom in this time as we talk about uh, the the unity that Christ bled for. Uh, we pray that you would give us uh, joy in your word. Father, we pray that you would protect people from storms. We know that the creation is groaning, and we pray that it would groan less in this way. And we trust that you will get great glory uh, out, of, out, of, out of showing yourself mighty, even over the storms, as you so often have in the past. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So, Austin, I read to you uh, Ephesians 4. I preached Ephesians 4, 1 to 16 recently. I was at a conference, I was at a church doing a race conference for the weekend, then I preached Ephesians 4, 1 through 16 on Sunday morning. Uh, I want to read you something I said, and then I'm going to ask you a question. This is what I said Ephesians 4, 1 to 16. So, just imagine you've heard it. You've heard at least the first chunk. And I said, because of our unity in Christ, brothers and sisters, when we show up to church before we are white or black, Hispanic or Asian, before we are rich, middle class, or poor, before we are Republican or Democrat or independent or any other political identifier, before we are men or women, we who have turned from our sins and trusted in Christ are all Christians. We're one. That's our most fundamental identity. That's what we show a divided and dividing world as we shine as a light in stark contrast to the world. So our unity is not only glorious, 
it's important, end quote. Austin, you agree or disagree with what I'm saying? I agree with that. I think you did a good job there. <laughs> Thank you. I was looking for that. But just checking. Well, one question I have for you is what are the dangers of forgetting that fundamental unity in Christ? Yeah, I think for Christians who become really excited about anything, really, we can divide over any kind of issues. And that's why you see warnings in scripture about different ways we can divide. Christians who get really fired up about education or racial justice, as we often talk about, or any number of things can beat up on other Christians who haven't come to the same conclusions, who we may very sincerely think are wrong and seek to persuade. But if we forget to keep treating our fellow brothers and sisters like Christians, then we, uh, We've forgotten the plot. I think I think that's right. I think we can kind of subtly start to add to the gospel in that sense. I think if if, if I'm understanding what you're getting at, uh, or understanding that there are some things that we don't have to agree on to be Christians. I think another danger. Uh, I think that it cuts both ways. One, if I can talk about the kind of left leaning side of it, would be to think that we are the sum total of the groups we're a part of. Right. So uh, that my most fundamental identity is being black or being a male, uh, being middle to upper class, whatever that might be. And that has its own problems. And you've looked at some of that already uh, in your critical race stuff. The other the other side, I think, cuts right is that I think had Christians remembered this in the days of segregation. So let's just talk about Christians who were advocating segregation. Segregation would have never happened. Because they would have realized there is, I'm elevating a distinction and making and making this some kind of distinction in a way James 2 would condemn. And I think this is important to remember because if we are united in Christ and someone is being treated in, in a wrong way in the world, that should matter to me as that person's brother or sister. Uh, because if however they're being treated, I'm now united to them and we have equal footing at the cross and in the church. Uh, and to elevate any kind of uh, positionalism in the church, to make up a word, is to fundamentally cut against and deny that unity, which is supposed to bear witness to our God who is one. Well, you just made an interesting point in saying it's supposed to bear witness. So what we just said about Christians being one, does it always look that way? Correct. I think ontologically, I think ontologically, we are one. And I think he, and the reason I said it's not just glorious but important. Jesus died to get this unity, and I think sometimes, and uh, we'll talk about we'll talk about idolizing unity in a minute. But I think sometimes we can kind of bash unity, or because unity can be an idol uh, or a kind of false unity, we can just kind of say uh, we value unity too much. But I think Scripture stands in such strong, it, was, it speaks with such clarity about the importance of unity, because it's supposed to testify to God. John 17, 21, uh, praying, Jesus praying that they may all be one so that the world might know that you sent me. John 13, 35, love one another. This is how the world will know you're my disciples. We could keep going. But it doesn't always look that way because of us. Yeah. And that's the point I wanted to get to, which makes the kind of division so awful is because it's it's lying about God and lying right know, suggesting that what God said is untrue. So that's definitely that's something right. we want to guard against. That's right. And that's why Satan is interested in our guard being down against it. Because he I mean there's one yes, 
he comes to still kill and destroy us, certainly. But I've, maybe this is speculation. What he's certainly interested is in our lying about God. Yeah. Insofar as our disunity um, masks people from being able to see God, Satan, I think, is quite pleased. Yeah, that sounds like something the father of lies would be into. Yeah, yeah. So, okay, so unity's good, right? We've we've established that. But like any idol, <laughs> uh, it's often a good thing turned into an ultimate thing, right? Um, so u- unity is a great, wonderful thing. Um, and maybe before we talk about idolizing it, Austin, I feel that white brothers and sisters sometimes unwittingly, if I'm assuming the best, sound a little tone deaf when endorsing and talking about this kind of unity, saying like, we are one in Christ, which is gloriously true, as we just talked about. But why do white brothers and sisters sound tone deaf on those issues or on that on that kind of exhortation specifically? Yeah, I think there are a number of different ways it can go. And one way is just not reading your Bible super well. So I think of a verse like Galatians 3.28. There's neither Jew nor Greek, slave nor free, male nor female, all are one in Christ Jesus. That verse is sometimes brought up to say that we shouldn't even be having conversations about race and racism. Right. And if you pull one verse out of context like that, you can you can get in all kinds of trouble because, you know, Paul includes specific instructions to slaves and masters and men and women and talks about becoming a Jew to win Jews. Uh, So it's not that the Bible says other divisions don't exist. It's Mm -hmm. saying they're not ultimate. And Mm -hmm. that key distinction is something that I think white Christians can can be a little tone deaf and running over. So because folks, and this isn't something unique to, to white folks at all, we like to think in binary terms. And so something right. is either really, really, really important or totally unimportant. And right. we don't have a gear for important but not ultimate. Yeah. Yeah. We call that, I like to call that two speed thinking, right? Either you're driving at 100 miles an hour or zero. And if you drive at zero, you're going nowhere. If you drive at 100, you're going to crash, right? Um, we're just going to need some more nuance on that front. And I highlight this because I think many white brothers and sisters want to rightly endorse the unity. Um, but I think they come across as sounding like, hey, those other divisions which have really affected you and really hurt you in the world, they, they, they come across as sounding like, oh, those don't matter. And the pain associated with it doesn't, doesn't matter. No one would say that, right? But that's how it can sound. And I think another reason is, I, you know, I can think of right now off the top of my head, multiple black leaders who have spoken saying, you know, black, our, blackness is not ultimate, right? So Erwin ends, I like what he says. He says, my, eth- my ethnic identity is a good thing. It's just not the thing about me. I think that's well said. Uh, but Brian Loritz, um, Tony Evans, Lecrae, even I wrote an article called more Christian than white or black. Uh, we can throw it in the show notes. I, I, I quote them all talking about how Christ is more important than their ethnicity. I feel like I rarely hear white people talk about how Christ is more important than their ethnicity. And I think that's because sometimes uh, a number of my white brothers and sisters assume they don't have one. Uh, and so it can sound like those from the majority are kind of patronizing those in the minority to be like, it sounds like it sounds unidirectional in the sense, unilateral kind of like, Hey, minorities, remember your identity is an ultimate when it was historically speaking, those in the majority who did make that, that very, that very, uh, identity ultimate. That's why there was segregation because, Hey, we can't be full, full members of this church. Uh, you can't be, you minority can't be full members of this church because your ethnicity is actually more important than Christ's blood on the cross. And what that did for us. So 
that's a, that's a, that's a thought I have on just the the tone deafness. All right, so we're getting at kind of hey, we can value something um, or overvalue it in some sense. Um, so can well, let me ask: Can we idolize unity, Austin? I think we can idolize just about anything. But yeah, that would certainly include unity. What are some ways that looks like? It can look like I should have had something more specific in mind. That's okay. I can talk. Yeah, go ahead. Um, well, I think it can look. Let's take this out of race for a second, right? I mean, any anyone who who doesn't love conflict, right? Uh, and conflict is not inherently good. But anyone can kind of idolize peace, right? Or quote unquote peace. Uh, it's like, hey, I'm talking to my wife. I don't want to bring this issue up, even though I need to bring it up. I should bring it up, uh, but I would rather just keep the peace. Now, this is hard, right? Because I, Paul talks about, insofar as it depends on you, live at peace, right? Peace is a good thing, um, but not if it comes at the expense of truth. Yeah, this wasn't a guy who was afraid of calling people out. Right, exactly. Paul, I mean, like, he, he was, like, right, I mean, like, it's just, a, like, I was thinking how he wrote, like, hey, people from the household of Chloe told me this. Like, it's just, like, this cat was calling out people by name, knowing these letters were going to be read aloud, right? So, um, I like what King said, uh, uh, MLK says, he says you know, uh, in a letter from a Birmingham jail, he talks about false peace and how people can prefer a kind of false unity uh, and take it and take there to be unity uh, when there's the absence of tension rather than the presence of justice. And we can be united in the wrong. We don't want to be united in lies. We want to be united in the truth. We're ultimately united in Christ. Um, but we should not, for the sake of protecting unity, avoid saying true and hard things sometimes. Sometimes we should and forbear, and there's going to be different categories. Um, but otherwise, we're going to be saying peace, peace. This is something we see in the prophets, peace, peace, when there is no peace. Yeah, no relationship of any kind can ultimately survive avoiding hard issues all the time. That's right. That's right. And I, I like that word relationship because I think something you help help me think through is that um, while our union in Christ may not be affected, so that unity is there, our communion, our fellowship will be affected absolutely uh, from avoiding those truths. And that fellowship matters tremendously, as we just talked about. But if we idolize unity and just say, oh, well, uh, you know, we're not going to talk about it, well, then that fellowship is going to be harmed, I think. So, Isaac, we're nearing the end of this talk. Why don't you put a bow on it for us? Yeah, I think just one kind of point is we want to be careful. We want to remember that there are multiple priorities for the Christian, and unity is certainly a high one, as we've talked about, but not not unity at the expense of developing other virtues, uh, like standing up for what's right, saying saying what you understand to be true. Um, and we, I think we just want to be, we want to be careful not to forget about unity. Goodness, all sorts of problems happen there or bash unity or, you know, I, I think I, I, I feel like I sometimes hear people just going really hard on unity as if it's a bad thing. Um, but we also want to be, we don't want to take all kind of disruption as, or even disagreement as necessarily disunity. We are united on the most important things. There are some things uh, that we're not necessarily united on or that we have disagreements on, you know? So 
And even there, I want to be careful because uh, we're united on that racism is wrong. We pro- we are not united on how to then address all forms of racism or how far they extend and all these things. Uh, and we want to be careful about prescribing those things, which God has not spoken exhaustively about because God has spoken certainly sufficiently, certainly clearly, but not exhaustively. So with that, man, I think we just need to pray for great wisdom. You want to open us and I'll close? Yeah, happy to. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for all that it contains. Um, Lord, thank you for the gospel. Thank you that you sent your son to reconcile us sinners to you by your spirit. Lord, help that to be central in our minds. Help that to be the grounding truth as we engage all other topics and help it to be the driving force behind our engagement on all those other topics. Hmm. Um, may it be our, our, our motivation. Lord, help us not to move on from your saving work in Jesus. Thank you for this time with our brother. Uh, pray that you bless this conversation, make it fruitful to those who are listening. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Father, we pray to you. One reason um, is because apart, apart from you, apart from your son, Jesus, who so clearly says we can do nothing. Yeah. Uh, we couldn't even achieve our own unity. Christ Jesus had to come and die for that, making us one. Lord, we thank you that our unity isn't ours to create, but ours to maintain. And we confess that we do such a bad job on that sometimes. Uh, we confess that's because sometimes because we don't value you, the unity we have with others. Uh, we, we think about it in very human ways and very little and childish and petty ways, forgetting that our unity bears witness to the truth about you, that there's theology in our unity and that the father of lies can deceive us and confuse us and make us embittered with people to the point where we don't value the unity we have with them. And yet, Father, we're so wobbly in our holiness sometimes that we fall to the other side of the ditch. Lord, we uh, call something unity that's not unity. It's just false peace. It's just uh, going with the status quo when we, in fact, should say something. Uh, when we, in fact, when we, in fact, should stand up in a certain way. And Father, we confess that we would, you know, even use things like unity as an excuse to cover up our fear of uh, having a hard conversation. Uh, so, Father, we pray that you would give us boldness. Father, we pray that you would give us rightness. Sometimes it's not fear. Sometimes it's just we're confused. We, we don't know the line between forbearing or uh, maintaining a kind of false peace. It's, it's not, it's thin. It's not always clear. So give us moral clarity, we pray. Uh, help our churches to continue to be united on the main things, the right things, and most of all, in Jesus Christ, we pray. It's in his name. Amen. Amen. Isaac, thanks for the time. Yeah, bro. Yeah, man. Looking forward uh, to our next conversation. And folks can check us out at youwepray.com. Uh, there's articles, like you mentioned, on the, you know, your new look kind of short on the front end of these episodes. Uh, and we hope those are useful. Grace and peace. Pray.